Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, we know one thing the Bucks can do. They can change quarterbacks. They can't change a damn thing that happens on the field, though, because once again, the starting quarterback throws too many interceptions, has too many turnovers. Guy comes off the bench, rescues them, gets them to within a field goal, but the Bucks do what they do. They lose, despite 510 yards on offense. Only this time, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick starting, Jameis Winston putting on the hero's cape, and now the Bucks are back to square one, or in this case, Square number three, you got to believe Jameis Winston will get the start after the Bucks fall in New York to the Giants, 38-35. Just an unbelievable game. we got lots to talk about today, about Winston, about Fitzpatrick, and about who's going to quarterback going forward. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with Steve Versnick here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. Hey, guys, before we get started, you know, we've got Christmas just around the corner. And, in fact, Thanksgiving is coming up this week. So you know what that means. you got to get out there and start shopping for your loved one. Buy her something special. She wants diamonds. And where do you get diamonds? Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's right. Whether you're talking about a statement piece, like maybe a necklace or some earrings, or maybe you want to pop the question. I mean, Christmas Eve, what a great time to get engaged. But you have to have the ring ready. Go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. That's where you're going to get the best prices. And that's where you're going to get the best deals. And for our listeners only, you get to save 20% off all jewelry purchases. That's right, 20% off just for being a listener to Sports Day Tampa Bay. So go see our friends Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds and save 20% off right now. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club. Continental Wholesale Diamonds, that's where I shop. All right, so um, Steve, I'm up here in New York. We'll talk about my adventure to watch uh, Notre Dame play Syracuse at Yankee Stadium. That was a cool thing. Talk about a good weekend spoiled. Had to watch the Bucs and the Giants. <laughs> These two teams, neither one are very good, I can tell you that. The Giants have something going on offense with Saquon Barkley, obviously. And, um, you know, a guy like Eli Manning can get hot at any time. You've got uh, Odell Beckham Jr. So they're fun to watch at times on offense. These two defenses were pretty bad. But another shootout, but not the way they would have scripted it. Um, the Bucs do what they do. They fell behind early, rallied late, and then they lose 38 38- 35 to the New York Giants. And if you think that's bad, consider the fact that the Bucks gave up 38 points on the road on Sunday, and that actually lowered the average number of points they give up on the road this year. Wow. I mean, it's really bad defense. And, and, and you know, in some ways, you expected it uh, only because it's getting worse without Levante David, who didn't play. Quan Alexander, of course, is on injured reserve. But they still have, you know, pretty much this, the semblance of, of a starting defensive line. And they did sack, um, you know, Eli Manning four times. I think Pierre, Jason Pierre-Paul was actually credited with uh, with one and a half sacks. They give the other one to the other half to NASA, but he would have he would have tied Simeon Rice to become the first player since Simeon Rice to have ten sacks, but now he has nine and a half. So he had a sack and a half. Joe McCoy had two sacks. One was kind of a touch on Eli after he slipped, but overall, Eli Manning missed just one pass all day. He was 17 of 18, for two, and and had two touchdowns as well. So this defense is historically bad. I mean, they are going to give up 
probably more points than any team in the history of football. And so how do you overcome turnovers? Well, you can't. And that's what happened on Sunday. Ryan Fitzpatrick got the start. And we had talked about this last week. You know, it seemed to be a close call. I had told everybody that um, if you listen to this podcast, my information was they really were trying hard to decide on which guys, Fitzpatrick or Winston. They went with Fitzpatrick, and it was absolutely the wrong one, as it turned out. I mean, he came out, and even though they moved the ball at times, I mean, the first drive, once again, this time the Bucks win the coin or win the coin toss, but elect to defer rather than last week when they took the ball and got off to a fast start. This time, you know, they gave the Giants the ball. They go down and score in six plays on the touchdown. Bucks get the ball back, and Fitzpatrick gets them down there fast. But then on fourth and and one, uh, inside the five yard line, he's unable to get a first down, and they turn it over on downs. And that's sort of the kind of start it's been for a while. But he he became just, you know spraying the ball all over the place. And, you know, it, it even though it was a game for a while, it was 14 to seven, but in, and within three possessions, Fitzpatrick, uh, I think ended up with uh, three interceptions and including one that was just like, uh, you know, a rainbow desperation throw for whatever reason from the giants 20 yard line into the end zone for Deshaun Jackson, that was easily picked off. And after that throw, Dirk Cutter had enough. That's when he went to his bullpen that's when he went to Winston. And Winston didn't light it up. He didn't play a perfect game. But he did lead them to four touchdowns, albeit the first one was a fumble recovery by Mike Evans uh, in the end zone of Jameis Winston's funnel, fumble. Um, and he scored four touchdowns and four possessions and got within a field goal. But once again, the, the defense just can't get a stop when they need one. And they allow you know a big pass to Ingram, the tight end, gets him down there. Saquon Barkley scores his third touchdown of the game. And the Bucks uh, get the separation. They just score another touchdown after that, but they lose 38-35. And this season, Steve, is, you know, is lost. I mean, there's only three teams that have a worse record. One of them is coming to Tampa on Sunday in San Francisco. Um, and so, you know, they're closer to the number one overall pick than they are to a winning season. Um, I, I mean, what'd you make of this game? I, I just, I just felt like I've seen this movie so many times before, but it just doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is because this defense is so bad they can't overcome any turnovers. Yeah, I, I, you almost wonder because how bad the defense is that it really hasn't mattered who's at quarterback, Jameis or Fitzpatrick. No, They're productive. They move the ball. They can't always sure. score, which right. and some of that's turnovers. Some of it's been the kicking too, where Catanzaro was had some issues earlier in the season as well. Right. But but it's you know is the turnovers a result of them forcing the issue because they know that they have to score so much because the defense is so bad or is it just really who these quarterbacks are? I mean, I I kind of think it's who they both are. One's fourteen years older than the other guy, but if you look at just you know throughout his career, Fitzpatrick has thrown an interception three point eight percent of the time. Jameis or yeah, Jameis is about uh, or three point four and three point two somewhere in there. So they're very close to being the same guy. Um, but there is pressure to score. I mean, you know, they're always behind, and that's the thing. I think they've had a lead in the last six weeks for something like three and a half minutes. You know, they're never they're never ahead on the scoreboard, which is a tough way to play a game. They were down fourteen to nothing in this one, of course, and then finally, by the time that they yank Fitzpatrick, um, you know, they're down thirty-one to fourteen, and that's sort of what we saw in Cincinnati when Fitzpatrick came off the bench. But you know, the decision to go to Winston. Uh, was, as Dirk Cutter said he, after the game, he said it was a close one. And he talked about, you know, that he felt like James was always going to play again. But 
if it was close, what, what kind of surprises me a little is that, you know, if it's even, then Fitz is the one that's leaving. I mean, I, I don't think the Glazers have decided um, definitively what's going to happen to Jameis Winston, but they are, you know, they did have him as a number two quarterback. So it's clear that the money is not the issue or, you know, they wouldn't put him on the field on Sunday because he could have gotten hurt and they could have owed him, you know, $20.9 million next season and not had the player perhaps. But they have been playing him, which, you know, which tells you something. And, and yet I thought after Fitzpatrick played the way he did a week ago against the Redskins that, that Jameis would get the call, and he didn't. And I wrote, you know, in the Tampa Bay Times, you know, this morning that um, – because I, I felt it at the time, I wrote about it on Sunday, that, you know, there was that, – that the cutter had lost all confidence. That he just – you know, given the most important game with all the coaches' lives and livelihoods on the line, the front office, he chose Fitzpatrick, uh, uh, who's a 14-year vet, 35 years old, not signed for next year, starting his 10th game for the Bucks, and coming off five turnovers in his pre- previous two games. He chose him over the 24-year-old franchise quarterback who had started 48 games and was benched because he had turned the ball over too much. Well, you know, it, it, it just showed you how little confidence that Cutter had. And, and what I believe is that there was no way they were both coming back. It was either going to be Cutter or it was going to be Jameis. Of course, now as they lose more games, I mean, at 3-7, and seven, it's hard to find, you know, any way that they get to a winning record. Um, so already Cutter's job is in jeopardy, and that's, that's an understatement. But they're still sitting here with the best offense in franchise history, which does belong to Cutter in part and Todd Munkin and some of those guys. And that's the shame of all this, is that they have managed to you know, be lopsided, uh, an offensive team, which is okay in this year's NFL, um, but they're so woefully inept on defense. And you know, it's, it's just, and now you almost feel like, well, you know, they don't have any players left. Uh, on the back end, really to play, so that's an issue. So, or the linebackers for that matter. Yeah, or yeah, or any linebackers. I mean, they, you know, Levante David out for the season, uh, or I'm sorry, Quan Alexander out for the season. Levante David, um, you know, has a uh, a knee injury. We don't know when he's going to play again. Um, so, they're trying to play around their defense. Not tonight. You know, one of the ways that they you do that is you run the football, and or on Sunday night, I would say that you know, I mean. Peyton Barber had a hell of a game. He, he rushed 18 times for 106 yards. Uh, his longest carry was 28. He had a touchdown. They averaged five yards a carry every time they ran the ball. I mean, that's that's a season high, I believe. And they ran it for 151 yards. And they had 30 rushes, if you include um, Fitzpatrick and Winston scrambles, which was nine of them. But even you know, trying to run the ball and protect your defense, it's not enough. And so here's what we have. Um, you know, for Dirk, uh, I don't know that he can win enough to save his job. Now, obviously, if you were to, you know, come out here and win your final six and look great doing it, but let's be realistic. It's probably not going to happen for all the reasons we talked about, that even if the offense is good, the defense is not. They're like a minus 23 in turnover ratio. They're going to shatter the NFL record that was held since like 1965 for the Steelers. And that was, I think, like 30. Um, they're going to shatter that. They're going to be a, at least a minus 30 and then some. Um, and, you know, Dirk is, I mean, Dirk's on the hottest seat that there is maybe in the NFL right now for head coaches. Uh, and yet he's built an offense that is the greatest in franchise history in terms of its ability to move the ball, yards, points, all of that. Could the, gla- um, could the Glazers, 
I mean, is there a scenario they keep him? And whether it's Dirk picks the defensive coordinator or it's Jason Light or if the Glazers pick it and say, hands off, we're going to hire a defensive guru, kind of what right. you thought Mike Smith was. Right. You know, you that's an interesting – that really is an interesting possibility. I don't know how because, likely Because it your is. offense is so dynamic while you're turning the ball over this much. Yeah, and that's the and problem. And if you can clean like, up the turnovers or stop playing from behind, maybe that helps that some. Right, right. And, and if your def- your defense is definitely going to have to be the, the the single biggest thing you address. That and the, what do you do with the quarterback? And my solution to what do you do with the quarterback, at least what I think their solution will be, I should say, is that Jameis Winston's coming back. Now, does he come back with competition? You know, does he come back with uh, another free agent to where they're not there? You know, you go, you, you could p- leave this open to. Whoever plays best wins the job, and and that you know that maybe he just becomes your backup, um, or does he come back with a totally different head coach? But you know, I my thing is is that if you bring Dirk back in and he's had two losing seasons, um, I I don't know if you I don't know if you trust him now to make the right decisions going forward at the quarterback position or anywhere else, just because you know we we've went, we've gone from you know like you said you fired the defensive coordinator. You've gone back and forth with the quarterbacks every other week. You've uh, taken plays and gave them to Todd Munkin a call, took them back, and then gave them back again for Todd Munkin a call. I mean, he's so over the board right now. But through all of I, it, they're still they're, the offense is remarkably consistent. It is productive. I mean, they didn't score last week. Points. Last week they didn't score, but otherwise, no. They're putting points up. They're they're definitely yeah. gaining yards historically. I mean, is yeah. there a scenario where Dirk comes back? Jameis comes back and they draft a quarterback with a top five pick, assuming they keep well, losing. Well, you could do that. I don't know. I don't know that you bring Jameis back if, if that's what you're going to do. I think maybe you find a veteran quarterback to groom the young guy because it would make sense to me to be, you know, kind of one foot in, one foot out. I mean, if your if your intentions are to draft a quarterback, well, I mean, that you know, high, I mean, Bill Belichick drafts. A, well, I mean, you're not drafting top five, but I mean, he drafts a quarterback every you know three years. Yeah, backup right because you know. I, I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not saying it should happen. But I'm saying yeah. as historically good as this offense is as far as yards talent. and points. Yeah. And, 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 of course, part of it's the talent is part of the reason. I think but it's a big part, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and Dirk's offense. I mean, it's it's a productive offense. Yes, he can call it. Yep. You know, do you want to take that away? You know, or, or do you do you find a scenario where, okay, let's let's find – whoever defensive coordinator out there and you know Dirk hands off let them do the defense you just focus on the offense and the overall whatever you know management yeah. of the team well I mean at minimum that he would need a defensive coordinator and that Absolutely. would that would that would definitely he would need help doing that because like you said they went with he went with a guy that he ended up having to fire so they wouldn't they wouldn't let him pick that exclusively by himself I just think this there's a lot of teams if you look around the league that have good offensive coaches and, you know, I mean, the Bears hired a head coach. Their offense took off from Kansas City. Um, you know, the Rams hired Sean McVay a few years ago, and he was a huge welcome addition over Jeff Fisher. So there are guys that can, you know, it goes back to is it, is it the X's and the O's or the Jimmy's and the Joe's? And in this case, I think they have a lot of really good players. Well, and the, the um, other part of this is, is, is I was watching Fox's pregame show today with, uh, you know, Kurt and Jimmy and mm-hmm. Terry and all them. And Jay Glazer was on talking about coaches on the hot seat. Right. And, of course, Dirk Cutter was one of the five on the board. Mm-hmm. But one of the things they said is, 
the talent pool for head coaches, the next Sean McVay, the next um, uh, Shanahan in, in, in San Francisco and that, that the list isn't that deep this year. There's not that, there's not that the ones that everyone thinks is going to do well. The hot assistant that yeah, there, there's, be there's a great just, head coach. you know, there's a couple of them, but there's no nobody that's you know, Jay Glazer was saying nobody that's you know, they, they think the two hottest coaches are going to be John Harbaugh and Mike McCarthy if they get let go because right. the list of assistants coming up aren't nobody's nobody's knocking anybody's socks off at this point. That mm-hmm. you know, so the Glazers, do you take a chance at that? You know, getting rid of Cutter and and then who are you going to replace him with? Right. Yeah, I, and and I, like I, I said, I'm not saying always, I'm not saying Dirk should keep his job because, quite frankly, no, I know. you know, you say you are who your record is, and this is who we are, and it's not good enough. It's not. It's not good enough. And but this, remember, but this, this. this organization's never had an offense that's I know. been productive, it, and now they have a, a historic one. Well, they have they have a lot. Of, I, and again, I go back to this. I I really think it's a players' league, and I do think that this team would move the ball with a lot of offensive coordinators. I mean. Dirk is good at that, but just because you're good at designing offenses doesn't make you the right head coach. True, absolutely. And, and that's the question that the, that the Glazers have to answer. Here's the other question: How do I sell tickets? Don't think that's insignificant absolutely. because it always oh, it absolutely is, is. I mean, they're they're a team that's like way down again in attendance, and they're going to go down further. How do you stand up there as an organization at the end of this year? And let's say they win five games, and you stand up there and you go, you know what? We're going to do this. We're going to get a defensive coordinator. We're going to get to build the defense. We have Jameis come back. We don't know who the backup is. Maybe we draft a guy, but this is going to work. I'm telling you, Dirk Cutter is going to kill it this year. No, and we're going to right. be fine. I'm not buying the ticket if I'm a Bucks fan. I just I've seen it. The cry will be is already getting too loud, and they're sensitive to that, you know, because those are their customers, and it's who they care about, and they also care about winning. I think. You know, I've criticized the Glazers for changing coaches like they do their side. Well, like Dirk changes quarterbacks. But um, there's another way to look at it, and that is when it's not working, they're not going to sit there and bang their heads against the wall. They want to try to find it, and they will keep trying to find it and keep paying coaches not to coach until they find the right guy. And if you're a Bucks fan, and a part of me says, if you're a Bucks fan, you should like that. You know, you should be glad that they're not going to settle for two losing seasons. I don't know that any coaches come back I think only one coach has come back after two losing seasons. And I believe that, that would have been Lovey Smith. Um, Might have been the guy that did that. I mean, maybe Lehman Bennett was fired after two. I'm trying to think way back. I don't know if John McKay had back. Of course, he probably had back-to-back losing seasons. But in the modern era, uh, it's been a long time. So um, two usually seems to be you know, the, the, the limit for most owners these days. So, again, I'm not calling for Dirk Cutter's job. I just simply think that they're going to move on um, because of the win-loss record, and they, they feel like with these pieces that they have, like if you're Jason Light, in fact, you know, you're sitting there going, I've never – and I had two people tell me today, one was a coach, one was another guy kind of in the front office, like, never seen this before in football. Never seen it. Never seen a team that could have 510 yards, score 30-something points, and lose. And be behind all the time. You know, always fall behind, always have yards, always come back, and always lose. And the defense be historically bad. With the most expensive defensive line in football. Well, the, the, that's the next question is, is you know, look, I think Dirk Cutter's going to be gone at the end of the season. Is Jason Light? He, I, I, I don't know, but it seems to me that, I mean, he hired Dirk Cutter. 
And if Jameis doesn't work, you rarely, as a general manager, get to draft another quarterback. Um, you also assembled this defense to, you know, finally address concerns and fix it, and it's historically yes, bad. It hasn't happened. In fact, it's been worse. And you know, it's funny with all the uh, with all the injuries they have, they're probably least injured on the defensive line of any unit. I mean, you know, Vinnie Curry's out, okay, but Bo Allen's back. Jason Pierre-Paul's played every game. Gerald is healthy again. Um, enough to play and he had the the two sacks um you know so they they got all their dudes are still nasib is still playing all their guys are up front are still there and yet they can't they cannot play well enough to help the guys on the back end i mean i think carlton davis is a good player as as a as a corner i mean he did a nice job on, on odell with the exception of one play um and he had him all night and you know i think grimes is done obviously he's checked out um jordan whitehead made a couple plays I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, in the run game, but not much else. I mean, their safeties are rarely in position. Isaiah Johnson, you know, there's a ball thrown in cover two, and he was late getting over. That was a, a deep shot. Um, they're just, they're, you know, they're down to their fourth and fifth safety now. So, you know, with Justin Evans out today, I mean, think of the players they didn't have on that field. But, you know, <laughs> they, they've, got, they've got such a long way to go, and – you know, they went the free agent and trade route. Vita Vea hasn't done anything. I mean, it's all bad on defense. And, you know, but you're right. Offensively, you've got the pieces. But who do you want calling it? And and further, furthermore, you're, you know, Dirk Cutter's a head coach. He's not here just to just to be in charge of the offense. He's here to coach the whole team. And if he can't make this work, um, they're going to ultimately hold him responsible. But, man, it's got to be frustrating. I mean, I'm having trouble writing stories that don't sound like the same story. I mean, these things, it's repeating so badly that it's like, I already wrote the rinse, repeat, you know, sort of story where, hey, this sounds familiar, stop me, you know, whatever. And then today, this could have been Cincinnati, only, you know, it's Jameis coming off the bench. So the whole thing is 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 just uncanny in its familiarity. I mean, it's just like every week, different opponents, same results, same way you lose, um, you know, offensive explosion and you know, defense not stopping anybody. And I'm telling you, those guys in the locker room have become sort of, sort of, I don't know, immune to it's not really the word, but um, they've, they're More numb. resigned. More they're numb. resigned. They're resigned to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're numb. They're like this. We don't know. You know, it seems to us like we give great effort, and they do. They You can't say that this team isn't giving effort because they are. They wouldn't be coming back. They wouldn't be in games. They've been in most of the games. Yes, but but they they absolutely can't figure out you know how to get over the hump. And when 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 you turn balls over, and every team does, I watch every game in the NFL uh, on highlights and things like that. And sometimes I watch the old twenty twos or whatever. There's turnovers. Aaron Rodgers turns it over. Everybody turns it over, but they get turnovers back. You know, and this team cannot get any turnovers. I've never seen this many games where a ball isn't tipped up in the air where a receiver doesn't drop something or, or the quarterback throws it to somebody or the running back fumbles the ball. 
I've never seen it. And this team can't get a turnover. And so everyone they get, they make, um, it's a negative and it stays a negative. And now they're like minus, like I said, minus 23 or something. It's unbelievable um, that this has been the story of the season. Because I'm telling you, I've done this a long time. This is the weirdest year in terms of the consistently inconsistency that they've shown um, and how there's such a sameness to every game. It just, it's really unbelievable. Um, so, you know, for, for Jameis Winston, he's going to get his job back. Jameis Winston, you know, was asked if he was frustrated by Dirk's decision and he said all the right things in terms of, you know, um, you know, he has tough decisions to make. I just was trying to be the best teammate I could, all this stuff. Um, but clearly, uh, I've talked to people in his camp. He was very frustrated. They didn't understand why he still wasn't playing. If Jameis Winston isn't named the quarterback, um, you know, when they do name one, whether it's whether it's today or later, uh, I will be absolutely shocked. And I would think the cutter might be let go for, for staying with Fitzpatrick. Uh, look, I think the only game. question is, is RG4 going to be the second quarterback or is Fitzpatrick? <laughs> well, and you raise a good point because – if you're going to have this situation, you know, people suggested today, too, that, and I think we talked about this, maybe you go the Rays way and have an opening quarterback and then bring the <laughs> other guy off the bench because it seems like if you did that a little sooner before the other quarterback makes his third turnover, yeah, you might you, actually you just win plan a after games. two series, you're going to make the switch no matter what happens. Yes, and, and you just know that the guy's going to come off and he's going to be hot, and therefore you'll win the game, but you won't fall so far behind that he can't win it. So that's one That's one suggestion. But, yeah, it, to me – if you go to Jameis, it would make sense to make um, Ryan Griffin your quarterback if for no other reason that you know that Fitzpatrick can come in and do what he did, but you also know he can turn the ball over. And he's probably not going to be here next year. He might not even be in football next year. I mean, he's, he said that that's the decision he makes year after year. He's about to have his seventh child, I think, or eighth. I don't know what it is in January. Um, so he's not even really committed beyond this season. Um, so why not find out what Ryan Griffin is? Well, he's if, never if played a fact, snap in the NFL. He's been on right. the roster several seasons. You need to see what he can do. As much as as much as anybody, yeah, you do. I wouldn't start him, but no, but if but, the game is faltered you know. and you have to bring a guy off the bench, he would be the next one in for me. I mean, I think that makes sense. I think it, that it, may, you make perfect sense. If you've determined the playoffs are no longer an option, and and at best they can be nine and seven, right? So the odds would be slim if you got to nine and seven. That's if you ran the table. Well, if you ran the table, well, then you're still. I mean, nine and seven doesn't get you in the playoffs. You're not locked, many years. No. 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 At worst case, you know, at best case, you're going to be tied with someone probably for the, you know, the last. Sure, you'd be looking at tiebreakers at best. Yeah. Um, so at that point, you know, what's the point of having Fitzpatrick as your number two? There is none. That's what I'm saying. I I, I totally agree with with your idea, only because it doesn't matter if Jameis falters now, um, the season is lost. By the time you get him out of there, that game will be lost, and you might as well take a look at somebody has who's been on your roster for five years and you haven't had a chance to see in real live NFL action. Maybe he won't turn the ball over. You just don't know. Um, but somebody's going to come in here and quarterback this team, and they're going to score a lot of points because they have a lot of good players. Um, and it, it's just, you know, again, I've been through a lot of these. I know how it feels. I know how it sounds. I know how the locker room feels. Um, they are out of answers. All they can do is line up again and try it on uh, Sunday against the 49ers, who are not a good football team with only two wins this season. 49ers are coming off a bye week, however, and right now, who do you favor the Bucks to beat? I mean, you know, there's not a team in the NFL that doesn't think they can take down Tampa Bay. 
Um, and it's a shame. I mean, again, I feel for the fans. I get a lot of them on Twitter. You can always interact with with us uh, at Sports Day TV. But man, during the game, it, you know, the venom and the disappointment and and just the the just you know, again, resigning themselves to this is another lost season. And you know, what does this mean? Before you had something to believe in. You know, if you were a Bucks fan, you'd say, Hey, Jameis is going to get there. Wait till Jameis. Wait, wait till the you know, wait till the lights come on. Wait till he really has the third, fourth year under his belt. He's going to kill it, and he's not. And and that's got to be so demoralizing. I know it is for the franchise, but for the fans too. And you know, and Jameis isn't ever going to give up on himself. Um, you know, he he seems he seemed very humble by this benching, and and was was very grateful to go back and play again. He didn't have any reps in practice. This week they'll get him ready for San Francisco. If he goes out there and lights it up for six weeks, it might change the conversation. But, um, you know, and I still believe he's going to be back. But right now, uh, this season, this season is lost. It feels lost. And I don't know really, you know, how, you know, how they're going to get these guys ready to play week in, week out. For starters, they got injuries all over the place. O.J. Howard was hurt. That looked like a tough injury. He did. He did look okay after the game. He didn't have a cast on. He was walking. Uh, albeit with a limp, but the guy fell on the back of his ankle. So he had a knee injury before. Now he has an ankle injury. Um, you know, they've obviously got Levante and some guys beat up that they need to get back healthy. Um, but, you know, even San Francisco, as bad as they are, and having to fly, fly 3,000 miles, this won't be an easy game for them either. I mean, they there's not a game on their schedule that they can't lose. So we'll see. Meanwhile, New Orleans is rolling, and, and the only loss they have is to Tampa Bay, and they just throttled the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, Atlanta loses to the Dallas Cowboys. All of a sudden, the NFC East is up for grabs, um, you know, because the Washington Redskins, they lose their quarterback, Alex Smith. Uh, what do you have, a broken uh, broken leg? Yeah, and uh, sur- surgery immediately. So he's already had the surgery. Yeah, so that was a bad one. Um, so I don't know what how they're going to hang on without their starting quarterback. Uh, other games, uh, you know, both uh, we mentioned Atlanta losing. Also, the Carolina Panthers lose. Uh, upset to Detroit and uh, Cam Newton didn't look too good in that game. So now there's, they're, they're going to fight. They're three games out of the NFC South because we mentioned New Orleans, um, you know, throttling Philadelphia. So it's pretty interesting in the NFC uh, as far, but, but New Orleans to me is, is far and away. And they, isn't that interesting that that's the one team that they, you know, they have, they have uh, two wins in the NFC South, I guess, or one win in the NFC South. Um, and it's against New Orleans. They're only they're only lost to Tampa Bay. So um, yeah, we'll NFC, see where they... the NFC East now. The Cowboys only a game behind Reds, the Redskins. They, yeah, they play yeah. on Thanksgiving, so they could be tied. They could be tied. They could be tied. Yeah, good comeback by Jason Garrett, who looked like uh, his job was really on the line there a couple of weeks ago, and Dak Prescott coming back and playing well. So yeah, don't I really believe? Don't count out the Cowboys because here they come. Uh, Minnesota and Chicago were playing Sunday night as we do this podcast, and Chicago was up fourteen to nothing. The Bears could be the team that wins the uh, the NFC North. Yeah, which Trubisky is just threw a bad pick, and Minnesota's driving right now. But. He did, he did. It's it's late in the third quarter, so there's still time as we tape this. But uh, uh, yeah, good year for Chicago. I know those fans are excited up there about what's going on. In college football, however, what a weekend! Um, I did get to see Notre Dame. It was it was unfortunate. Uh, my my thanks to David Mallets, who uh, is one of my wife's bosses, that hooked me up. Um, just great hospitality while I was here in New York. He has a 
place in Greenwich Village. We went to the game, Yankee Stadium. Never been to the new Yankee Stadium. And uh, ironically, I got to see a football game before I saw a baseball game there. But it was kind of interesting and uh, kind of cold. I mean, it was 40, 45 degrees, probably like under 40 when we left. Um, but uh, not a good game. Kind of a dog of a game. Notre Dame got up 20 to nothing. Should have been more than that. But Syracuse lost their starting quarterback, Eric Dungy, pretty early on, like the second or third series. So at that point, you kind of knew it was over. But neat venue. Uh, fans were fans were you know way pro Notre Dame, but uh, but it was a good atmosphere and just really enjoyed that. And you got to see the USF Knights at the Bounce House, right? Yeah, the UCF Knights. Yeah, I was over UCF at the Bounce Knights. House, my alma mater, Cincinnati, who I yeah. didn't think stood a chance going in, although. You know, the score was 38-13. I didn't think Cincinnati played that bad. Uh, I questioned some of the play calling. I really didn't mm-hmm. like the, the game plan. I, I mean, they're a run-the-ball uh, team first, which they, they ran the ball very effectively. Uh, when they were throwing bubble screens and short crossing routes, they were very effective, except they threw very few of them. They kept throwing yeah. the ball down the field, and they couldn't block long enough to give them time to throw the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Desmond Ritter was scrambling for his life every play dropped back, and I just I didn't understand that part of the game plan. But UCF played very well. Uh, that's an awesome environment over there, right there on the campus. And the fans, especially the last few years with, with the amount that they're winning, but also the style of play, it's exciting and fun to watch that – uh, cool, cool atmosphere. I mean, I, I love college football venues. I mean, I love going to, you know, I can go to go to any stadium and watch a game because the college atmosphere is just so exciting and cool. It's way better. And the fans are into it. You got the bands, you got all of that. And, and you know, college game day was there with Kirk Herbstreet and the national game on ABC. So all of that was really cool for UCF. And uh, I'm sure that they will benefit from that in terms of recruiting and, and everything else. But they still have no chance, I think, to, to get into the uh, – the national championship picture, unfortunately no. for them, no. uh, the US... schedule is just not strong enough. Yeah, and it's, I mean, you know, you're in that that conference as is USF. They blew a 17 to nothing lead at oh. Temple. Yeah, that was just depressing. Hard to, to watch. watch. Yes. Yeah, but how about your Florida State Seminoles? Maybe the biggest win for sure for Willie Tackers. The bowl streak could still be alive. It they, could. They beat Florida. That's right, and it's a rivalry game, so don't just automatically assume the Gators are going to take that one. Yeah, that was that was a heck of a win for Willie Taggart up there at Florida State to raise them to five and six and maybe quiet some of those. Uh, you know, I don't I don't think his job was ever on the hot seat this year, but no, there's but there's, def- a lot there's of definitely a part of the fan base store. that yeah. would you know yeah. like to make some noise. Yeah, there's no question about that. He was under a lot of heat. He needed a win like that. He needed something uh, on a ranked opponent, you know, at home in a comeback situation. It was a deep ball by DeAndre Francois. So that was I got to watch that game. Um, you know, after the Notre Dame game when I got back. So, how about the Citadel? Um, the Citadel was tied with Alabama. Ten ten. Yeah, they should. I, you know what I said? I was. I was actually at that time. We were watching the game from Yankee Stadium in, in the club behind home plate there, uh, and they had it on, and it was ten ten. And the friend, the guy I was with, um, he went to the Citadel. He played running back there, and I looked at him. I go, "It's ten ten halftime against Alabama. I'm not coming out of the locker room." I'm telling my kids, hey, boys, get on the bus. You know, we'll forfeit the second half, but for the rest of your lives. I don't think anyone's been tied with Alabama after the first 10 minutes of the game. I know, but you could say, imagine that. You could say for for the rest of our lives, we played Alabama to a 10-10 tie, or I would say this, the way I would say it is, we beat Alabama (laughs) 10-10. So, so, you know, I mean, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I'd say, you know, okay, they're playing for a million. Give us half a million. We're out of here. Like, we're not coming out of the tunnel. We're done. 
we we you know we we paid played you straight up deal with it so unfortunately they came back out and they gave up like what 28 straight points or something yeah, like so, that. Yeah, I mean, what, the final was, uh, what was it, 50 to 17, so. Yeah, so we're not good for the Citadel. But, yeah, like, good effort for, for, for one half. It was uh, it was starting to get the alerts on my phone, so that was pretty cool. And finally, I didn't see this game, but, man, the score blew me away. Six to five, the Tampa Bay Lightning win at Philadelphia. Louis Domingue obviously gave up some goals late in that one. Well, yeah, it was five to one in the in the third period, and to be honest, I was kind of flipping away from it. Uh, sure. Watching some, you know, flipping over to some college football. Uh, you know, Ohio State was struggling with Maryland at the time. And oh, man. There was a few other games going on, so I was flipping back and forth and flipped back to the Lightning, and it's 5-3. Well, what the? And then all of a sudden it's 5-5 <laughs> going to overtime. You're like, what's yeah. going on here? Uh, but the Lightning do get the two points. They win in overtime. Um, you may, you know, look, your your number one goalie's out four to six weeks. They've, they've announced that he's going to be out four to six weeks, so you figure back Broken sometime ball. around the, you know, mm-hmm. around the new year, maybe around Christmas yep. even. Um, yep. you know, it's a backup goalie. You're going to have a little more of those stretches where you may give up some, you know, series of goals in a row like that, where, you know, they're just, it's something they're going to have to play through for, you know, the four to six weeks. So, but, but, but do good, they good do to know that? that it's only four to six weeks. Do they do that? Or do they go out and say, you know what, Louis Deming is not, he, he, we're going to have too many of these games. We're going to lose a good number of these games. So we need to go find, maybe make a deal for another goaltender. Cause a month, even though it doesn't seem like a long time, you know, you, you if you get on a losing streak and you start losing some games to teams you would normally beat, um, that's not a good thing for for playoff seating and everything else. It's not. I think it, I think it's going to depend on look. I mean, he's played what three games now, and they're three games, you know, yeah, you know, two and one, and they're all three on the road. I mean, this is a road trip they're on, right? Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be how he plays, but it's also who's available. Yeah, I that's mean, true. you know, I mean, you know, it takes two to tango. And what are you going to give up? That too. Know? I mean, you know. Um, knowing that, you know, look, if Andre Vasilevsky was going to be out two months, two and a half, yeah. three months, You're I think, I think it's, I think it's something different at that point, four to six yeah. weeks. You've started two and one yeah. on the road. Not bad. You know, yeah. um, you may just, you know, ride him for now. And, and, and if you yep. need to make a change, fine. Uh, you know, you, you've got confidence in your, look, your team can score. Um, your defense is pretty good. Um, you mm-hmm. know, in, in, on the road. Those things happen sometimes. I mean, they they did this in Minnesota a few weeks ago. They had a lead That's up. True. They had a lead up there, and and you know blew that, and they ended up losing that game in overtime. Uh, well, and they had remember the first road one of the first road trips. They had that tough one. They got they got absolutely shellacked. In well, the that was game. that yeah, that was in Arizona. That was the you know fifth and eight nights on a road trip, and I, know, but I understand, but yeah, it, it yeah. can't happen. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it does. Um, mm-hmm. You know that's that's what hockey. It's strange and weird and bizarre, and that's yeah. why we love it. Right. Well, like you said, the good thing is they picked up two points, and uh, you know they made, and that's what good teams do. They even though they have the slippage there in the in the final period, they come back yeah. and get get the two points, and and so far, you know, it's been a pretty good road trip. So and they'll we'll finish it off tonight in Nashville, uh, a team that beat the Lightning a couple weeks ago at Amelie Arena. But to be honest, the Lightning outplayed Nashville in that game. Uh, they did just didn't get, you know Pecorine was phenomenal, and the Lightning just couldn't put more than one past him. So we'll see how they perform at the you know the you know, fourth game of a road trip. Granted, there's no back to backs in this road trip, so that helps. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how they perform tonight, and they're back home Wednesday night against the Panthers um, as they start a homestand on Wednesday. Yeah, playing just about every other night now, so that's kind of been the pace that they're on. Man, it's almost the holidays. I can't believe it. And you know what that means, makes me remember is that Christmas is around the corner, 
And folks, make sure you go see our friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. I'm telling you, you're not going to find better jewelry prices anywhere. And for listeners to our podcast, you're going to get an extra 20% off all jewelry purchases. It doesn't matter what you're going for, whether it's a statement piece like some diamond earrings, maybe a bracelet, or how about if you're going to get engaged this Christmas, you might want to make sure you go in there and get your best price for that special diamond. So go see our friend Andy. Again, at Continental Wholesale Diamonds, they're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard, Suite 150, right next to the Penthouse Club, Continental Wholesale Diamonds. So we got a busy week coming up uh, this week. I'll be at One Buck Place today to find out the official word of Jameis Winston being named the starting quarterback. Wouldn't it be funny if they came out and said, I'm going to start Ryan Griffin this week? <laughs> oh, I, Why not? Probably, probably be, well, I'm not ready to say who's going to be our starter yet. Well, he has, he has of late. He no, has I, I, I think, look, you, you have to. At this it's point, such an right? obvious, right? I mean, yeah. there's not even like you can't, you know, a guy comes in and, and regardless of how he did it, scores four touchdowns on four possessions. You're not going back to the guy that puts you in the hole. So, you know, at this point, even Fitzpatrick looked resigned to the fact that he is done. And when I say done, maybe for a career, um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know just, just how much uh, interest is, would, would be out there. Maybe there would be some, but for the Bucks. It just doesn't make sense to play him anymore unless there's an injury. Uh, and even then, maybe Ryan Griffin moves up to number two. That would be probably the biggest question we might ask him today. But we'll be at one buck place uh, for that. And then, as you mentioned, um, you know, the lightning wrapping up that road trip and uh, lots more to talk about, I'm sure. So we're here every Monday through Friday. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening to us. You can always interact with us on Twitter at SportsDayTB. Reach me at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. So from the New York City, actually in New Jersey, where I sit right now, where the Bucks have lost 38-35, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. For Steve Bursting, have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.